It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Put your bags down and pull up a seat. You are listening to Stay A While, the podcast with Tommy Vincent. We could talk loud, we could try, keep it real. And it's all good, yeah. Wherever you are, pull up a seat to the table where we not only serve food for the soul, but provide you with the key ingredients to embracing your true, authentic self. How do you get up when life has knocked you flat on your back more than once? And what lessons stick with you once you reach the goals you used to only dream about? Today's guest is my longtime friend, Trentonian and founder and editor-in-chief of Impact Magazine, Tanisha Brown. She knows all about getting up again, even when she really didn't feel like it. And her story is one of resilience and the kind of honesty and self-reflection that makes you want to change your life. Everyone, welcome to Stay A While. I am your host, Tommy Vincent, and today we have joining us at the table, Tanisha C. Brown. Now listen, Tanisha and I are both from Trenton, New Jersey, a.k.a. Trenton, (laughs) and Trenton makes the world takes. 
So you got on here right now two of Trenton's finest, everyone coming out of the city. They are fine human beings. But today you get me and Tanisha. And I am so grateful to be able to have a conversation with my sister friend who we grew up together and she is leaving her mark in the world. Tanisha, if you could please share with everyone who is Tanisha C. Brown. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tanisha C. Brown is, um, I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Impact Magazine, whose mission is to empower, encourage, and educate Black men and women who are ordinary, doing extraordinary things with their lives every day. And that's what I do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do. But who is Tanisha? Mm. Tanisha is um, funny. <laughs> she <laughs> has to find the positive part of life because if not, it's just, <sighs> you know, I, I just I just can't see it life any other kind of way. I have to mm-hmm. find the positive part of it. And I'm loyal. Um, I I walk with integrity in the front part of my brain to keep me full um, of, of, you know, of my purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it is very important to me because I understand the, the platform and all of those things. So who I am as a person, like you get what, what, you get, you know, I try my utmost to be um, as honest as I can. And I look forward to it. I look forward to being accountable. I look forward to being people coming to me and feeling secure and Mm -hmm. feeling confident that they know when they come around me or in my presence, they are getting a true 100% human being. Mm -hmm. And that's who I am. Okay, now that's who Tanisha C. Brown is. So um, the first segment of our conversation is food is love. Mm. And, you know, um, I had an opportunity or I, I have the opportunity of being on the Impact TV network with my cooking show, Stay A While. And so you know how I feel about food and, you know, the significance and the importance of getting people back to the table. So this section right here is special to me um, because it speaks to my thought process of how cooking is the gift that keeps on giving. So my first question for you is what food best describes your personality and why? Hmm, what food best describes my personality? <laughs> uh, what food describes my personality? See, I'm thinking of my favorite stuff. I would say, like, I love um, the cheese ravioli. Very delicate, very... Um, uh, Straight to the point, if you're you're ordering this dish, you know what you're going to get. But that is what I would describe uh, uh, some food as being me. Just delicate, but straight to the point. 
and it'll get you full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Name one recipe that is special to you and why. What's coming to me is salmon cakes. You know, my mom used to make salmon cakes when, you know, we were home. And I remember my cousin, whose name is Earl, um, I had to make some for him. And he, you know, was like, you know, salmon cakes, they are very good and they're delicious. And you could feed your family off of this. And even though the you don't use a lot of ingredients for it, the recipe calls for you to know like it, it is variations. You can use either, um, what is that, cornmeal in it or oatmeal to have that thickening, um, not thickening, what is that called? The, um, the binding. Yeah, the binding, uh, you know, and, and that's what bind. You could use different things to bind it. And mm-hmm. so that's why I like that's what came to me. And I believe that is what because it reflects like life. You can bind, you can use different aspects, you know, to bind it to come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Name a time in your life when food was healing for you. Hmm. Healing food, a time in life that food was healing to me. I would say when I moved to Utah, when I moved here, of course, I'm by myself because my son was like, you can have this. <laughs> and um, it gave me the time to focus on me. And that is when I began to develop um, a love for like vegetables where I, because I'm not cooking for my son anymore, who he likes healthy stuff. But, you know, he's a kid. And so I got a, uh, I would say a relationship because I have a whole freezer food now of like red peppers, green peppers and spinach. Like now everything I do, I could eat oatmeal and I have a bowl of spinach. It -hmm. is that time where I had gotten to know myself again and I was able to get to figure out what I like. You know, Mm -hmm. and it was a healing time because I had to focus on me. I Mm -hmm. didn't have to focus on what my son needed to eat, what he needed. But it was all about who, what Tanisha wanted, you know, and that was a great time of healing for me. Mm hmm. Yeah, that I mean, that's definitely a space I, I, I venture to say that all women travel through where. When you ha- when you're responsible for other people, oftentimes their needs definitely are at the forefront of everything that you do, and so right. you pretty much start settling for yeah. whatever it is they like. You just kind of then you'll embrace it too. And when we get to that space where we recognize the p- importance of us being able to make decisions that bring us joy, right? Um, it's life changing, right. you know, because now that's like hugging yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, just being able to make the decision, even as something as simple as the food of what's going to be for dinner, being able to choose what you want and not have to consider everybody else and what they like and what they eat. Exactly. That's true. Cause it was just so like that whole experience was like, Oh, you like this, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was like, Oh wow. Like, 
I never ever in anything like used a lot of onions and and things like that because he didn't like the onions and you know red pepper green pepper he didn't like that stuff so it was just us so I didn't buy it for myself I made sure because of course I'm a single mom I don't want to be messing up any kind of stuff I didn't want things to go in the garbage so I made sure. I had a lot of things that he liked so that we could eat together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right now. So let's get into our next segment, the main course of our conversation. And the first uh, question I have for you, Tanisha, is your magazine, Impact Magazine, is celebrating 14 years this wow, week. Yes. yes. You've had incredible staying power in an industry that sees publications come and go within one to two years. Mm -hmm. If you had to boil it down to one thing that has helped you keep Impact Magazine going, what would it be? The one thing that I know that continues to keep it going, uh, is it okay to give you two? Absolutely. Okay. Two things that keep it going is amazing covers, of course, but the content. Content is king. I don't care how many people are out here that love like, you know, reality shows and all of those things. People still eat, sleep, breathe and love content, real content that they can deep dive into and and feel a connection with. Um, and that I found is the staying power. They want real conversation. They they desire substance. I don't care if it's in an event or whatever we do. They love that there is some type of substance there and the content is always king. I don't care if they see black love. Um, I don't care if they're laughing at something we put up, but it's always at the end, the the content that keeps people going. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been very open about all the things you survived in your life. Everything from enduring abuse Mm -hmm. to homelessness to fighting cancer. Mm -hmm. What has been your personal staying power to keep the faith and not lose hope? Hmm. Because, you know, I quit like a hundred times, right? (laughs) I quit like a hundred times, right? That just when I get finished and it's successful, it just leaves me. So the staying power is the fact that I have gotten to a point that I understand this is not a game and it is my purpose. My purpose to be that uh, person for Black men and women who come to be empowered, inspired, and now also provide opportunities Um, that they necessarily wouldn't have. Um, A lot of businesses throughout the 14 years and individuals have received so many opportunities and been able to do things that they would not necessarily be able to do out if they didn't receive the opportunity through what I'm doing with Impact Magazine. So in those times, I wanted to give up in the back of my mind, it is always, I've given you the power, you know, it's always, I've given you the power. What else are you going to do? <laughs> you going to go back to corporate America? Mm-hmm. You going to go back to that, that rat race? You going to go back to that, which is not fulfilling, or are you going to be fulfilled and walk in your purpose? And mm-hmm. so that is what keeps me going. And to see the tangible result that I'm all into the tangible result of it, either it be through an opportunity or a person saying, you know, I read this article and I was able to be inspired to do this, this and that. And it it happens daily. You know, I'll get a DM or someone will email or I'll see them at an event. And those are the things that keep me going. Mm-hmm. So you just mentioned about quitting a hundred times. 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that some because, you know, people get visions and they start doing the things necessary to take the steps forward. And then they get knocked off the saddle. And there's someone right now who's like, I'm not getting back up on that saddle no more because that's just too painful. Right. And I just don't have it in me anymore. Talk about the ability to quit. I don't even care if it's just a mental quit. You know what I'm saying? Like a mental checkout. But then having the courage to say, you know what? I'm going to pick that thing back up again. Right. Uh, when, as you were talking, the 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 part just came right to my brain. Um, I went through something that was so crazy with a celebrity back in 2013. And um, I started getting all these celebrities like back, 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 you know, and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, she want to be on the cover. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so my lawyer and my publicist was like, no, don't let this person on the cover. She is not known to be nice. She is not known to shop, um, show up, you know, because she was going to be on the cover and um, at the event. And lo and behold, I did not listen. Of course, I thought I was super savior, you know, um, the magazine. She said she was turning her life around and she's going to be great. Don't don't worry about it. Lord, listen, I went through with it and it blew up in my face. Um, I was like on Twitter. Um, the mag was on Twitter everywhere. Like, people, oh. They were like, well, why were you dealing with this magazine and everything? And honey, my phone was off the hinges. I lost like accounts and it was all good for me. But at that moment, I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. I don't have to do this. What? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? And so then it gave me the opportunity to understand why I am doing this. It gave me the opportunity to understand that it is my purpose, but I can't walk in my purpose with ego. I can't be looking at it like, um, oh, my God, look at all these celebrities I'm around and all of those things. So I had to step back and find the humility of it all, take accountability and say, do you want to quit this thing and Go back to doing what you were doing or you want to be accountable for what happened and understand that you can't quit. You can't give up on the first thing that comes your way through adversity because you see where this thing is at. If you just step back and understand, and this is what I do each moment, I feel like Girl, you ain't got to do this. You know, you can <laughs> I have to step back and understand why is this feeling coming to me? Like, why is it that I want to quit? Like, why is it that now if it wasn't bearing any kind of fruit, then I would be like, OK, this is not for me. This is not mm-hmm. my purpose. But it was bearing fruit. My ego got into the way, you know, and mm-hmm. so once I had to check the ego and understand that this is not for an ego trip. These are people are attached to this and it set the whole different type course for me. And I was so happy I did go through that experience and I didn't give up because 
it made me check the ego at the door. And now I don't care who it is or who I'm around. We are people with a platform who are helping other people. So mm-hmm. I had to, that's what, what came to me because that, that just had to go. That ego had to just go on somewhere. And I'm so happy it did happen in that I didn't give up. Mm-hmm. So now you and I are both from Trenton, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and it's a seven mile radius. Mm. It's just, so it's not a big place at all. Mm-hmm. So pretty, you know, for the most part, everybody knows everybody or everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. Right. And you made a decision in your life to that. Okay. This, this part of my life I need to put this season behind me and I need to go forward into a new season. When people are used to an environment and it's extremely comfortable, sometimes that can be really difficult, Mm -hmm. you know, because comfort, you know, walking out of comfort into uncomfortable and doing it deliberately Mm -hmm. is really, you know, somebody's like, that's crazy. Like you got it good right here. For you, why was it necessary for you personally to make the decision to uproot from Trenton, New Jersey and go where you started the magazine in Atlanta, Georgia? Well, I was I have been trying to leave um, since I was like 18 uh, to get up out of there and to be able to stay up out of there. But the time when I left to go to um, Atlanta, uh, I had gotten a call from my son's father to say, you know, this is Atlanta is where you should be. Um, It will help out with uh, with Jazir, who's my son, and Mm -hmm. it will help you out with your business. And um, I'll never forget. My son had come to Troy's. what was the the football? The uh, Trenton Pop Warner. Trenton Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. And I had spoken to you about um, going to Atlanta. And you were like, uh, Tanisha, um, Atlanta is saturated, you know. And she said, and, and you were like, I'm an innovator. If I'm going to go somewhere that is saturated, I have to be able to innovate and be able to um, do something that is totally, totally different. If I go now, that conversation stuck with me, and so he he told me he said, you know, it's some magazines down here that's doing well. So I knew that it was already magazines there. It was like Control, Sheen, um, Upscale. They were all doing their thing on reality TV. So I knew if I went, I had to set myself apart. And so leaving Trenton, that wasn't the hard part because it was not anything that was holding me there. Mm. You know, it was, you know, my family, they were good. Um, my mom had already moved to North Carolina and she was out of there for a couple of years. So it was okay for me to get up and go. And people, my family were used to me leaving and doing things on my own because I've always been that person, you Mm -hmm. know? So I got up 
And the first thing I did was I drove there first just to see how it would be to live there. And mm-hmm. then I uprooted myself and went there. And actually, when I did move there, I didn't have a car. So my son and I walked to the to the um, grocery stores. And it, that was like a mile away and all those things. But it was something that um, I had to do. And I knew that that was the gateway place um, mm-hmm. because when I drove down there, I saw the evidence, you know, that it could be done like black people support each other here and I'll be able to do it. And all I have to do is have that vision of innovation that I could do something different and that if I can see that I could do it, it's, that's a done deal. So it was not hard for me to leave Trenton because the pros outweighed the cons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So often we feel forsaken, frustrated, and defeated when we're trying to move in the direction we be- believe God has destined for us. But we just, just keep coming up against obstacle after obstacle, naysayer after naysayer, somebody always trying to tell us, what we cannot do. Um, And it can make us second guess or doubt that we're on the right path. How do you personally put on those blinders so that you can stay focused and keep doing what you're doing? Because if you look at the odds of the business that you're in, Mm -hmm. it's challenging to be successful, you know? So that's part of you know, what you can see, you can see people fall into the left and to the right. So how do you just get that tunnel vision so you can just keep doing what you're doing? I draw on what was before. I draw on also that, you know, God says he'll never leave nor forsake us. And so if, if I'm praying for direction in every step, and I believe this is direction. This is the direction you're telling me to go. I'm going to believe that this is the right way because I'm drawn near off of what what happened before mm-hmm. and how amazing it was. Or it was amazing, but I didn't do didn't receive these things that I thought I should get, but it still bared fruit. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So those times, even, you know, when you get to look at things that's going on in your industry and you like um, you see the blogs and things, the whistleblower for Facebook Mm -hmm. spoke about how Facebook will um, push those things up to the top even if it's of hate and everything, because that gives the engagement that it's looking for. So sites like mine and the people who sharing things who we have a a nice size platform, but if the people aren't engaging as much, it's not going to be pushed to the front. But I see like the blogs pushed to the front and those that are gossip and talking you know, down about people and all those are to the front. So it's like, well, wow, you know, what was happening here? But then you have to step back and say, look at what you do have. 
get them to engage. That's all mm-hmm. you have to do. So that's all the things that I do to keep me pushing. I keep my eye on the prize, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And mm-hmm. that is the people who I have, who surrounds me, who supports me. And I don't look at it as, okay, I'm being forsaken because, you know, my platform is this. I have 25,000 people watching, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and on a good day, it's 100, 200,000 people, you know? So I'm going to be grateful for that because it's people who are looking for that. So I have to find the positiveness in everything because it it I don't have to have this type of platform. I don't have to be doing anything that I'm doing. I don't have to be living this life and and I don't have to be blessed to do what I'm able to do. So I have to find the goodness in it and not be the woe is me. This woman said to me the other day, she said, um, she's, she's a, like, I was in an Uber and she's like, I grew up Mormon. And I'm very, very Mormonish. She said, but I've gotten out and, you know, I'm going to ask you something and I don't want you to get, please don't get offended. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, lady. And she said, how are you here in Utah with all this racism? I said, really? Utah has racism? (laughs) You know, I'm like... (laughs) Really, we are in Utah and there's racism where black people are 5% of the population. Okay. I said, you know what? Racism don't affect me because I ain't looking for it. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for it. So I don't allow it. So it's not coming to me. So it's like, I'm not looking to look and be like, oh my God, God, why? Nope. I'm like, thank you. I'm here. And whatever is surrounding and and, and let that be that. But me, I'm going to keep my eye focused on what I need to, the good part. I'm going to think on those things. That's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, you said a whole word in there because... You know, growth is, you know, is a great thing. But there's also the need to be content in what God allows for you to have. And when you are in any industry where you have people who are supporting what you're doing and they are your audience, they are your customer, they are your client. The focus should be on them. Right. Because they've already said, I support you. Right. And so speaking to them and understanding that is the group of people who are attracted to what you're doing, speaking to them will speak volumes to other people like them and that will grow your audience. But I think sometimes people spend so much time like, oh, oh, you're already here. So y'all good. I ain't got to worry about y'all. I want to get some more. I want to pull in some more folks, some more people, some more things. But serving people well who are already committed to you mm-hmm. that is something that i think that we all could benefit from just you know having a focus there right 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 they are the key they are the people who are supporting you throughout everything so why aren't aren't you focusing on them it's like mm-hmm. We everyone wants the 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 newest thing, the the shiny thing. When what you already have is working and serving you well, so mm-hmm. my thing is I'm gonna stay over here and I'm gonna be good with these people because I'm good off them. <laughs> they mm-hmm. understand me. I understand them. We agree to disagree at times, and we good. So I'm good mm-hmm. over here. If you want to come on and join, come on and join. But right now we're good. Hmm. Yep. So you you mentioned um, that, you know, for years that you played the victim mm-hmm. and you have your book that, you know, really takes the deep dive in Tanisha C. Brown. Right. Um, and the title of the book is No Designation. Mm. Can you talk to us about the piece of your life where you played the victim Hmm. and then when you got to the the place where you said no more and you drew the line in the sand for yourself to rise above the victim mentality. 
the biggest part was um, my my relationship with my mother. I'm the youngest, but it always felt like I was the middle child because my sisters were on drugs. So my mom took care of their kids. So it was like, okay, I'm the youngest, but then here I go with my nieces and nephews who are younger than me. So I'm in the middle and always felt invisible. And so then here I go, always feeling invisible, even though I was close knit with my mom, um, which is some crazy dynamic, but it just happened like that. I'm always, I've always been able to see through and not allow the circumstances to dictate who I am as a person to another person. So Mm -hmm. I've always felt that. Then here I am at 20, I'm sitting down watching Ricky Lake and, you know, my mom had called me over to her house because at that time my sister was taking a hallucinogen and um, she would have to come down off the high. And when she came down off the high, it, you know, it gets worse. And so my mom would always ask me to come to her house if my sister was there. So I'm there with her. I stayed a night, go get in the shower, sit down. My mom was watching the news and she must have forgot. But then Ricky Lake comes on. So we're sitting down. My mom is not a Ricky Lake person. But the show uh, is about parents who are deciding to tell their kids who their um, natural father is. The kids Mm -hmm. range from like five to ten. And so we sit down watching it. And and so the commercial comes on and my mom looked at me and she said, how would you feel if somebody told you that Lawrence is not your dad? And you know me, I'm a comedian. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, man, somebody tell me Lawrence ain't my dad. I would do cartwheels and everything because that joke ain't do nothing for none of us. So somebody want to come around, be my dad right about now. I'll take him in. And I'll just start watching TV again. And so, you know, the commercial comes back on. And so I'm not paying attention. My mom was like, well, your father's name is William James. He's from Newark. And um, I'm like, what? I was like, are you serious? She was like, yeah. And then it clicked to me. I had just graduated from high school, right? And she had said she was going to bring William James to my um, graduation party. And I it clicked to me that this woman ain't playing. She's telling you the truth. And I said, is that the guy you were talking about you were going to bring? She said, yes. She said, but my oldest brother told her not to do it because I would be expecting something from my my biological father that he had not been willing to give. But Mm. my mom was like, no, um, she needs to meet her father. And so then I met my father and I saw myself. Everyone was like growing up. Oh, my God, you look just like your mom. You look just like your mom. That's right, because this man ain't my father. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I look like my mom. <laughs> so of course I'm going to look like her. And I've always felt that disconnect, not that he made me feel 
like I wasn't his child because he was an equal opportunity, no father. You know, it wasn't like he didn't do for me. And, you know, he was just equal in this whole roundabout thing. And so he wasn't taking care of none of the kids, none of the kids. But we respected him. He was coming around and everything. Hey, daddy, you know, like. It wasn't like he wasn't there. He just didn't do anything to help my mother mm-hmm. in any kind of way. But we respected him. He was funny. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't he was there. So um but that the time of my twenties up until about I was like 36, I had rage and hate for my mom. Because mm-hmm. here we are with a man after my I sat down with my biological father and he told me that he did come to find me after he found out that my mom had me but my mom wouldn't allow him to come in and I'm like well why would she do that it wasn't like you know my dad was taking care of us it wasn't all of these things and so when I was 26 no before I'm not 26 before I had my son I I once I Developed that rage and hate. I couldn't be around my mom anymore. So mm-hmm. I left from there and I just started being up North Jersey, just being in the street in rebellion. And so one weekend I came home and I stayed across the street from my mom. Now, my mom don't play that. She is like, if you're here, it, it's an insult. You know, they back in the day, it's an insult. You come into town and you don't stay with me. You know, you're right across the street. So I came, I had went over to our house and said hello and everything. And right before I left out, she said, you know, I just want to tell you that I did what I thought was best. And I was like, all right, whatever. I didn't understand it. Now, fast forward, I'm 36, um, not 36, I'm almost 40. And my son comes to me. And he says to me, because at this time we were going around the country, I'm building a magazine. He, we sleeping here and there and just going there. And then when he's around 13, we get settled. You know, when I go to Atlanta, you know, I'm able to get settled, get stable because there I was able to make a living and mm-hmm. do what I need to do uh, with the magazine and work. And so I'm able to do those things. So he starts seeing the progression back that he received when before I disrupt our lives with doing all this stuff because I want to follow my dream. And so when he was 15, 16 years old, he came to me and he said, you know what, mom, I understand. And, you know, I get it. I get the sacrifice. And I'm like, what you talking about? You know, like, what are you talking about? He said, no, I understand. He said, because remember, my best Christmas was when we stayed in the pink house. That's all the way up Stuyvesant, all near Hiltonia. And, okay. you know, and we stayed in the house and we were there and I had a great job and everything. But then when I had gotten laid off, it was like, OK, I could pursue my dreams. I could do all these things. But it disrupt the stability I had in the life that. I had for him. So the thing that came to me when he was talking was, I did what I thought was best. Girl. Mm-hmm. That thing it, came full circle. Oh, 
full circle, full circle. And I was like that it clicked and I had to let it go with the, whatever I felt that was left with my mom. I had to let it go. And then I had to get an understanding that a lot of parenting decisions I was making, a lot of, you know, of the moving around, all of that was stemming from my childhood. Mm-hmm. All of those things, some of the decisions I was making was stemming from that place. And once he said that and I got it, it was like, okay, I and I heard him and I understood his pain and I understood and accepted what he said. And the thing that is so amazing is that he accepted what I said, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't um, negate his feeling, but I understood it and said, okay, son, and I thank you for that. That was the opposite with my mom because she's yes. like, look, I did what I thought was best and right. She believed that it was right for her to tell me that um, when I was 20. But in order for me to have that conversation with her, I had to heal and not be in that rage. And so yeah. my son came to me with that. It just left me. It truly like healed me because I had to understand that I did what was best for me in this situation and not what was best for him. And Mm -hmm. so I had to accept the things that I can't change. That prayer is so good. It's like I had to accept the thing that I could not change about my mother not telling me who my father was and what kind of life I could have thought I had because that's gone. That time is gone. All I have is right now. And I don't have any other time. So I have to let that thing go so I could think my way through on how to be a great parent right now and be able to effectively live this life that I'm living right now. Mm -hmm. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, that that's amazing. For us to have the endurance to be able to allow for our healing journeys to unfold mm-hmm. is something that is critical in the process of healing. Because if you try to rush it or if you try to fix it before it's time, then it's it happens at a, at a time where it won't be able to survive right. long enough right. for you to be able to grow into your new healing. Right. And, and so just seeing, hearing your story, that is so powerful. Right. Right. That is so powerful. So tell us about the title how you landed on the title of oh, no gosh. designation. Oh my gosh. So I wanted to add on to that. It's like, I understand now that when I just had my son, I had wrote the another book. That book was, you ain't nothing. I hate you. And I'm in rebellion. Right. Mm-hmm. I left my aunt died. I left and went to the funeral, came back. I couldn't remember the passcode to the computer. So I knew that was just for me to release. But now it is like this book is, like you said, powerful. I understand why I went through those things. So now in return, it is like, no, it is not for that. You know, I had to heal in order for it to be a book of healing and understanding. You know, Mm -hmm. so coming upon the book title being no designation, um, having thyroid cancer, I I was working a temporary job and my mom told me, I told you we was close. I was filled with hate, but we were still close. And um, (laughs) just how I am, the wired ass person. And uh, (laughs) um, she was like, you know, you don't have any um, insurance you need to go to welfare and get Medicaid. And so I got right up and went and got it. I was so skinny. My Even my sister who was on crack thought I was on crack, but my mom had to tell her. <laughs> my mom had to, I'm telling you, that's the, that's the truth. She walked in the house. My sister was like, are you on crack? And I'm like, no, I'm not on crack. Mom, I was so stressed out. I'm looking at her because I had lost so much. I was so skinny. My eyes were bulging from the thyroid. So I left out and I went to um, get on to Medicaid. 
and I, uh, my caseworker was Donnie Walker. And, you know, he helped me through this whole entire process of getting um, everything through. He fast tracked the process, right? And so I had to get the ID. And so the last day I had asked, I felt like so weak. So I asked my mom to come to the office with me. And so we're sitting down and they asked me to, they said, okay, everything is done. You need to take your um, ID. And so I go up there, take my ID. Now I'm wearing my hair in the head wrap because I didn't have hair. Like it came out in so many different spaces Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that I couldn't wear a scarf with it. And I didn't know that day everything was going to be done. And so I almost fell out. I was at the counter and my mom is like, what's, what's going on? And I said, Oh my God, they want me to take off this scarf and take this thing. And my mom said, go sit down. And she went, she told them, she was like, listen, she has thyroid cancer. She can't take that off. She doesn't have any hair. And the lady said, well, we don't see it in her file and they had to call Donnie and everything. They allowed me to do it. I took the ID and um, went home with it. And um, I had gotten better a couple of weeks after that. Like I'm sitting down and I moved into my place and I'm going through my wallet and I look at the ID and it has all my information on it. And what caught me was my picture, right? But then on it, it said no designation. And I was like, oh my God, these people don't believe I'm going to do anything with my life. And I looked at the picture and I'm looking at the ID and it's saying no designation. Something in me was just like, you know, you need to get up, figure out about this sickness. Um, Don't wallow in it. Cause I had gotten into a wallowness. Like I just had this baby, you know, Mm -hmm. I, why would this happen to me? And I could die, you know? And I'm like, but you're not. So get up and 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 figure this thing out. And I went on the course of figuring it out because I'm like, they're saying that basically proving this ID mm-hmm. that you're wrong. I'm not a victim anymore. Um, I'm just like to this cancer thing. I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to figure my life out. And so then here we go. Fast track it to 2018. Um, I made some great, great, great money. That was like the, I had just left corporate America. I made great money and I'm like, oh my God, I did this on my own Mm. with my business. Oh, wow. This is great. I could have never made this money doing what I was doing. I was making good money, but I didn't make that kind of money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, (laughs) wow, girl, you did this for yourself. And then I looked and I was only able to keep what, like, 30, 40,000 of it. My son was graduating school the next year. And I'm like, you can't even really buy a car. You can't even really do anything with this and still live, Mm -hmm. you know? And so here I go again, I'm in my closet and I'm thinking about the whole year of how I sacrificed my, my living and, and putting everything in front of my son again and just doing all of these things to make sure my business is good. P 
people, my clients were good and using some of my own resources. And then here I am at the end, you know, out of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my closet cleaning and then my wallet falls again. And this ID that I've had for over 18 years pops out and it is my welfare ID. And I saw that no designation again. And I said, oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> you know, I'm like, here we are. As, as you can see, my life is always full circle, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm looking at it. At, and this time, I knew it came to me because it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit here and be a victim and blame these people that you committed to helping? Or are you going to get back on the horse? And go ahead and figure this thing out for your life. And at that point, I started to, I let all of my clients that I had go. Um, I went through and, and no, I kept hold to one because I forgot you had to have money coming in. I kept hold to one. <laughs> kept hold one. Because <laughs> remember, I'm not at corporate America no more. And this time is two years in. So I kept one to take care of my bills. And then, you know, and also the magazine money was coming in. So I, I gave that focus to my son. And then I started to say, you know what, keep a, a, a mental note that, you know, people need to hear about this. And so here we go, 2019 and everything. I came out with my workbook and that did so well. And then it was like, no. Everybody was like, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. So I began to write, you know, different portions of it and sporadically write down what I was feeling and all those things. And I began an event called the Who's Who Networking Mixer. And I met Pollyanna Reed from uh, Forbes. Mm -hmm. And so she does something I think that is so brilliant. After every event or any encounter she has with a person, she'll always set 30 minutes, not with everybody, but with people she want to get to know. She'll set 30 minutes aside and put it on the calendar and y'all sit and talk to get to know each other. And so we're sitting on the um, phone and we're talking and I asked her about her book. And she has a couple of bestsellers and everything. And I was like, you know what? I wrote like three chapters of a book and everything. And yeah, I don't know. And she said, girl, is you crazy? I was telling her some of the stuff like, you know, my sister thought I was on crack. You know, and she, was like, uh -uh. she was like, you have to complete this book. It will be great. And she said, Tanisha, the little stuff you told me, I want to read this book. She says, so I'm going to be your accountability partner and I'm going to write the forward. I am going to write that forward because I know this is great. Send those chapters to me and I'm going to do it. And she said, I want you to think of what it is you want to name it and think of what she said, you know, about covers and you know about how to grab people. She said, go ahead. And to me, she, she said, I'm going to reach back out to you and do it. And that was the thing that I needed mm -hmm. to give me that thing on the inside to know this is what you're supposed to be doing at this time right now. You have the senior contributor from Forbes is going to write you forward. Like how good is yeah. that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is right? an opportunity. Like, are you crazy? You better go jump on this. 
And here I am again. And the first thing that popped up into my head was my ID that said no designation. Mm. And I said, you know what? That's going to be the name of the book. No designation. And it's, it's like, if you ever felt like you are not designated, you are not purpose, you don't feel those things. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's a lie, you know? And if you have to prove it to be a lie, do it. Be intentional on, on proving those things. But you got to get over these hurdles first in order for you to move forward mm-hmm. and really, really do it with purpose. Mm-hmm. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. Um, So this is my final question for you, Tanisha. If you could see 10 years into the future, Mm. what would you want for Tanisha Brown's future? Hmm. Well, in 10 years, I would love to be in Aruba laying down, you know, on a beach or somewhere with a nice 
glass of something pretty and just speaking around the country. Well, no, that's not 10 years. That's now. But but understanding that the magazine has grown, the TV network has grown. um, So the, the magazine has become a source of opportunity for people that is even greater. And I'm actually working towards that right now through the Impact Black Women, you know, where the magazine is the gateway. It used to be the gateway for the the content. Now it is the gateway of opportunity for um, Black people with opportunity and investments. You know, having people to invest in them and their dream and and what they want to do. So in 10 years, I want to be able to, you know, see and sit back and see schools and all of these things reaping the benefits and being built and grown because of the seed that I've sown from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And um, this this is my last question for you. When are you going to have sure. me on the cover of that magazine? Wait a minute. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I had saw a picture of you and Troy. Y'all were together and y'all were in a chair. And I said, Dad, that would have been a great cover. Good God. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like, Dad, that is a great cover. Girls, come and don't worry. You know, I'll be popping out of the blue with stuff. And you're like, do. oh, okay. It's do. good. Don't worry. I, I, Girl, don't worry. That's one of the things I appreciate about you and your entire platform. You truly are about celebrating others and elevating others. And, you know, you've always, for me personally, opened a door for me. And I appreciate that about, about you. And so I, I'm really proud of you and I enjoy looking on and watching you just continue to blossom and flourish in everything that you do, because at least from my perspective, you know, we don't know the ins and outs of what goes on behind the scenes for mm-hmm. you to show up the way that you show up. Um, but I just be like, look at Tanisha now the child in Utah Now you know, like, it's just like, you are you just continue to raise the bar. And um, I know that your son, that it has to have sowed a seed of ambition in him that he understands whatever he thinks of, he can accomplish. And I know that he got that from you. So you are doing an amazing job, girl. And I'm so proud of you. Share with everyone You know, you have a lot of things going on. We talked about the magazine. We briefly talked about the TV network and and your new book. But if you could just really just lay it out here for everybody so they understand that Tanisha C. Brown is doing things that people only dream of. Mm. You've taken those dreams and you've caused them to manifest into realities because you have been putting in that work. So what you got going on, Tanisha? Oh, wow. 
like you said, the magazine, um, the magazine, I've been doing that for 14 years. So it basically takes care of itself, right? You know, people send me their stories. We do it. We do the cover. We do everything. And that just, that's a well-oiled running machine. The TV network, oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to share it because this would be out about time everything comes out. So um, I pitched to um, Turner Networks. And so the the television show, The Moment of Impact, mm-hmm. is in its second phase of pitching. So I, I got from the first round, so I'm at the second round, right? So by the time this comes out, I'll know if I'm in the third round, which I'm able to actually have it on their new streaming broadcast. And so that'll be something where the third season will flow to that. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll know because I'm going to send you something. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then I have the Impact Black Women Initiative. And it's all about Black women. Let me tell you how this came about. I'm reading the Salt Lake Tribune and it speaks on this um company, a software company that goes around the country to see what states uh, uh, have equal rights for women. Utah out of 100 is 99. (laughs) Like they don't even consider white women. They don't even, they, white women are here. They are not equal, period. But they don't consider black women at all. Mm. at all. And so I was like, wow, okay, this is why I'm here. I said, this is why I'm here. I've been considering Black women for 14 years. So it's my job Mm -hmm. to come on and bring them the opportunity. But first, before I bring them the opportunity, they need to be lifted up. Because if you're actually living this thing every day of not being considered, And then it being confirmed to you in black and white to tell you Mm -hmm. that you're not being considered. And all you see, the ones who are considered are the same black faces all the time. Mm -hmm. And you have a thing within yourself like, well, maybe it's not for me. No, it is for you. You just have to choose and know that it is in deep within. Just pull it up and pull it out. And so I'm working on that. And I'm like, okay, I'm working on... I met with the CEO of Domo. Now, I'm a girl from a seven-mile radius town, sitting down, talking to him, saying, what you going to do for Black people? (laughs) Okay? (laughs) You just can't make this stuff up. And he told me, he said, Tanisha, you know, I met with the, the president of the National Black Association of Engineers, and he said, they would love to come to Utah. Utah is beautiful, but where is he going to get his hair cut? What is going to, I said, yeah, black people, you know, we got to look good now. You know, I got to get my hair done. I got to find the nearest wig or something. <laughs> and he was like, for real to you. I said, yeah, because money don't keep all of us. Money, we know how to make money. But we need things that's going to fill us up spiritually. Where are they going to go to church? Like Mm -hmm. everybody is not going to be a Mormon or, you know, do all of these things in the LDS church. They know that. So where are they going to go to church? What are they going to do when they get here? I'm putting something together that's going to showcase them that if you give them the opportunity of employment, 
of investment? And he said, most definitely, I'm going to do that. He sat right there, put me, um, a man named Clint in from Silicon Slopes, which is the biggest event producer here in Utah for the technology world to help me with my production. And we all came together to do this thing. And then Facebook got on board to bring amazing opportunities to Black women. And so I'm going to do this event in March um, in Park City to, you know, build them up. So, yeah, you're going to get an email about that, too. (laughs) We're going to build them up, have an employment pavilion. And it's like we're looking for marketers and not just people in technology, you know, to actually do the function of technology, but marketers, data analysts, like all kinds of Black women to come out here and just see it's so beautiful. It's peaceful. I found my healing for myself here. You know, I leave here when it's time for me to go and see some more Black people, but you know, <laughs> it is a great place to be and just have a great peace of mind, you know? And so I see this growing and, 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 being such a valuable source to Black women because we need that space where we could go party, we can um, we can be with each other and receive healing. But let me walk out of this piece if I'm spending some good money with some kind of opportunity, a job, and an experience along with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what's going to happen is March 6th through the 8th. And so that's what I'm working on. Yes, I love all of it. And and look, it's it's the impact. You all about making that impact. So I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that you just took the time today to come and sit with us at the Stay A While table and share from the depths of your soul some intimate things um, and the wonderful things you have going on. But it's just really nice as a fellow Trentonian seeing mm-hmm. you thrive and, you know, just doing everything, doing all the things. I appreciate you and I love you. I love you, too. And I thank you for having me on this platform. I thank you for always being warm, open. And I, you've always been that way, especially when you was like, child, Atlanta ain't nothing but saturated. I was like, Lord, this going to put a pipe dream. But you gave me a solution behind it, you know, and that's what I always love about who you are. You'll you'll give me the real, you'll give the real, but you'll also give you something that you can hold on to, to whatever you decide to do. And so that's who you are. And I thank you for always being that person as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank (laughs) you again, Tanisha. I am so thankful to Tanisha for such a down-to-earth, vulnerable, and hilarious conversation. If you want to keep up with Tanisha, Impact Magazine, and her new book, follow her on Instagram at Moments with Tanisha. And don't forget to grab your copy of her book, No Designation. Like what you hear? Then let me know and tell a friend. You can find and follow Stay A While on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. I can't thank you enough for your support of Stay A While. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
Your feedback is greatly appreciated because it helps us to set the table with the soul food you crave. You can also talk to me directly on Instagram at Chef Tommy V, and that's Tommy with an I. And remember, life happens at the table, so meet me there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.